Let it be. I love that song. Now, the song was uh, written by Paul McCartney, and it was a uh, really tense time in the life of the Beatles and in his personal life. This was the last song or single that was released before the Beatles broke up. And despite popular opinion on the song, Mother Mary is not referring to the mother of Jesus. Paul, in an interview, he said that um, this song came to him in a, in a dream, that he, he had a dream that his, his mother, whose name was Mary, who had died when he was 14, that she had come to him in a dream, and she had kind of calmed his, his spirit, and she gave him these words of wisdom. It'll be all right, just let it be. You know, when times are tense, when they're full of anxiety, stress, when the bottom falls out in life, when you face that, that battle that threatens to change everything, you know, when your spouse walks out, when the engagement's called off, you know, when your company picks up and moves, when you get fired, when financially things fall apart, when, when your child spins out, when the doctor's diagnosis is, is overwhelming, Friends, in those moments, you need strength. And in those moments, you need wisdom. You know, there's a man in the Old Testament. You find his story, Jeremiah is the guy. He went through probably what was the most awful period in in the history of Israel. Israel had uh, been conquered. They'd been taken from from their homeland. Basically, they were slaves, prisoners of war. And Jeremiah had witnessed all these atrocities. And And it was done to the people of Israel, but to his own family, to people that he loved. And in the midst of these times of trouble, he pens the, these words. He says, I have cried until tears no longer come. My heart is broken. My spirit is poured out in agony as I see the desperate plight of my people. Jeremiah, he he wrote those words, but more importantly, he lived those words. In the the midst of all all that trouble, he ended up living what what he wrote. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I read that, there's something that just clicks. In fact, some of you today, just hearing that verse there's an immediate connection. Because the fact is, you're in those times of trouble. You're in that, that dark hour. You know, your, your heart's broken. You're looking for answers. And some of you are, are looking for something, something that, that will keep you standing strong, something that will sustain you through whatever the storm is. And here's what I believe. It is no mistake that you're here today. Our tendency, I think, in those times of uh, trouble is to focus on the problem, to fixate on, on the issue, the, the struggle, to allow whatever it is that you're going through, to allow it to consume our, our thinking. You know, the, those times when you just maul something over and over and over and over. And I believe today that God wants to whisper some words of wisdom 
Now, sort of like a prayer, let it be. Let it be. Lay the problem down. And, and what I'm going to talk about goes against what I consider conventional wisdom. You know, it, it really is a shift in, in your thinking from the problem, from the trouble that, that you face or are going through, and focusing your attention on God. Let it be. You know, Jeremiah, he uh, writes, he says, when life is heavy and hard to take, ever been there? Go off by yourself, enter the silence, bow in prayer, don't ask questions, wait for hope to appear. Do you know that God wants to talk to you? Whatever you're going through today, God wants to talk to you. In fact, God wants to talk to you more than you probably want to listen to to God. And I know in all the years I've been in ministry that there are a lot of people that are kind of open to a lot of things, trying stuff and even very, very odd things, but they kind of freak out when you talk to them about the thought of God talking to them, God speaking to, to their heart. I think often we don't hear God because many times we're just busy. We're just busy. We're, we're not listening. We're not entering into the silence, as Scripture says. We, we just, uh, we've got all the circuits. They're, they're going, and our, our life's running, and we're just busy, busy, busy. Some of you came in this morning. You were so busy, you just kind of collapsed where you were. It's like, ah. Oh. See, I think sometimes we can't hear God because we're just running so hard. I think other times we can't hear God because the fact is we've already decided what we're going to do. We've already decided this. We've already decided that. And so we kind of uh, cloak our our personal agenda, so to speak, as, well, God led me to do this, when in fact that's not the case at all. You know, it's basically we went to God and we said, here's what I need you to do, God. Now, this makes sense to me. I've thought about this a lot. And so uh, if you could just get to work on it, I'd appreciate it. See ya. And basically, we're looking for God to kind of validate whatever. You ever done that in your life? It really wasn't God's leading, but you're like, hey, I'm doing this. God, take care of it. And instead of really entering into that silence and allowing God to lead us or to guide us. And here's the question I want to ask. When was the last time you went off by yourself and entered into the silence before God? In fact, I, I would challenge you to, you know, maybe over the next few weeks is just set aside 10 minutes a day. You know, get a cup of coffee, Get a, get a glass of tea, and just read a verse like that. Or if you're already doing devotions, you know, read your devotion for the day, or, you know, go to our website. Uh, we put up weekly devotions. And, and use that, allow, allow God's word to speak into your life. But when you're finished with whatever it is, then just very quietly go, God, I'm listening. And sit. And listen. Here's what I believe will happen. You will be amazed at the spiritual strength 
that you gain, the direction that you find. Just a very, very, what I consider a very simple practice of spending a few moments daily with God, allowing God to speak into your life, and then just entering that silence, just quietly allowing God to speak. You know, Jesus said something very, very similar. Matthew 6, he says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. In other words, uh, get off by, by yourself where you're not trying to impress anyone or you're not playing some role or trying to be somebody you aren't or not worried about what people think or what you say, but to just get alone with God. Here's what I find. When I'm alone with God, I don't have to worry about if my sentences make sense. I don't have to worry about filtering what I, what I say. I, I can just be honest. I can be open before God and say, you know what, God, here's where I hurt. This is what I'm feeling. You know, this is what I'm struggling with. And to just lift that stuff to God and then sit silently, quietly. It says, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And then, here we go, the focus will shift from you to who? To God. And you will begin to sense his grace. The fact is, have you ever noticed when trouble times come your way, have you ever noticed that, you know, that tragedy, that crisis, that struggle, our attention immediately gets refocused? You know, it focuses on things that matter. All of a sudden, in those times, it's very clarifying. You go, you know what? This is what's important in life. This is what matters in life. Everything slows down. It's a time of waiting. And at some point in life, what happens? The focus shifts. It shifts from you from your situation, and all of a sudden your attention and your focus is on God. Let it be. It's the way it should be. Focusing on God. Then, then ask God to help calm your fears. You know, when you're in those troubled times, you ever notice how your emotions get, get involved? You know, grief and confusion and doubt and anger and frustration and just a lot of stuff. But there's one emotion that rises above all of them. Fear. 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 It's one of the most damaging of emotions. All, all the other emotions like grief. Grief doesn't paralyze you in life. Anger doesn't paralyze you. It does a lot of damage, but it doesn't paralyze you. But fear will paralyze you. If you're, you're going to get on with your life after those troubled times, if you're going to see your way through those troubled times, I believe you've got to kind of deal with the root of, of your fears, the root of, of your anxiety in life. You know, Jeremiah, he prays a prayer. It's a wonderful prayer. He says, I called out your name, O God. Called from the bottom of the pit. You listened when I called out. Don't shut your ears. Get me out of here. Save me. You came close when I called out. You said, 
it is going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Fear, fear. I mean, fear is a common thing. Every, everyone in this room has fears. I mean, they may be hidden fears, but they're fears. They're fears that we cover up. They're fears that we uh, medicate. They're, they're fears that we have in life. But here, here's the truth. Especially in times of trouble, fear is universal. You and I are going to have it. You know, Franklin Roosevelt, the national crisis, and the very famous line, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. It's a great line. I don't think it's true. I think there is plenty of stuff to fear in life. The fact is, you've got to learn how to deal with the fear. And there are really three, three things that I think help you with fear. That's truth, love, faith. Jesus said the truth will set you free. See, truth, truth sets you free in life. Most fear is based on ignorance. False information, lies, deceptions, you know, misunderstanding. That, that's where most of our fears come from. In fact, most psychologists believe, and trust me, psychologists don't agree on much of anything. But one of the things that most of them agree on is that there are two things that we have a natural fear of. That's a fear of loud noises and falling. The rest of the fears, psychologists say, are learned in life. We learn it from, from friends, family, parents. We learn it out on the playground. We learn it with the people we work with or recreate with. Almost all your fears have been learned. Now, here's the good news, bad news thing. The bad news is we have learned a lot of things that are not true. Things that you've learned about yourself, you know, how you see yourself. You know, things that we've learned about God, things we've learned about life. A lot of things, we have a foundation, it's just not true. It's just not true in life. And here's what happens. When you build your life on things that are not true, faulty assumptions, you're going to have shaky ground in life. You're going to have a lot of fear. In fact, someone said uh, fear is false evidence appearing real. I mean, that's what fear is. You know, a lot of things that, that we fear were built on this foundation that, that, that's just a lot of misconceptions, a lot of falsehoods. Friends, you can't get rid of your fear. You can't get rid of it by going, you know what? I'm just not going to be afraid. You know, kind of self-help kind of thing. You have to replace that fear with truth. You need truth in your life. You need truth from, from God's word. I mean, that's why we're always talking around here about the importance of just spending a few minutes every day filling your life with God's truth. Because here's what I believe. As you fill your life with more truth, you have less room for fear in your life. It will set you free ultimately. So bad news, we learn most of our fears based on misinformation, but here's the good news. You can unlearn 
by building, rebuilding maybe your life on the truth of God. Another way I believe you get rid of fears is uh, you fill your life with love. You know, John, John writes in John 4, 4, 18, he says, there's no fear in love. You know, perfect uh, love drives out fear. It gets rid of it. It pushes it beyond you. You know, the more of God's love that you have in your life, you find you, you stand stronger. You have more confidence. You're going to be less afraid of whatever it is that uh, you're going through in, in life. You know, when... Uh, Love's greater than, than fear. People act. They do things. You know, if uh, what um, someone has, has in their life, if all of a sudden uh, uh, fear gets involved, it just stops you. But show me someone that has love. That love, will they'll put their life on the line, won't they? I mean, it's what moves people to, to go into a burning building when fear says, do not do this. You know, I mean, love and faith will help you overcome your fears. And I, I want to walk you through this because sometimes I think we get a little, little confused. But faith does not eliminate the feeling of fear in life. What it does, it gives you the courage to do what you need to do in spite of the fears that you have or in spite of how you feel. Faith doesn't mean that all your fears disappear and that you just walk around and you go, man, I've got peace, peace, peace. Faith, many times, gives you the courage, gives you the power, gives you the energy, gives you the, the stamina to keep pushing forward in spite of the fears. That, that thing that you are so afraid of, faith will keep you moving. Faith will become a shield uh, around you in life. So where do you get that faith? Where do you get that love and, and that truth? We talked about this last week. We talk about a lot around here. Relationship with God. The more you get to know God, the more you spend time daily with God, you find you get truth. You get love. Your faith grows. The way to overcome? You ready? It's not a formula. It's a relationship with a person. It's Jesus Christ. I mean, when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ... Then, then you start hearing those words of wisdom. Then you start hearing God say, you know what? It's going to be all right. Let it be. You know, trust me. I'll see you through whatever it is that you're going through. You know, the psalmist, he says, for I cried to him. And he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. I mean, some of you, I believe the only reason you're here today is God wanted to whisper that word of wisdom in your ear. To say, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't be so anxious. Don't live in fear. It'll be okay. Let it be. Let it be. Trust me. I mean, some of you are in panic mode today. You need to be reminded who you are and who you are in Jesus Christ. You know, the Apostle Paul, he, he was pressing this 
and he wrote to Timothy. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. God will help you if you cry out to him. God will help you if you surrender your life, you know, give it, give it into his care, into his power, you know, submit yourself. Let it be. Let it be. So first, focus your attention on God. Then you ask God to calm, calm your fears, because we're all going to have them. And then you have to believe that God's going to restore you. Let it be. You know, trust God. Expect God to see you through. Trust God to bring something good out of something bad in your life. It's what Jeremiah did after he'd lost everything. And it's his prayer. He says, restore us, Lord. Bring us back to you again. Give us back the joys we once had. Friends, God specializes in new beginnings. He helps people start over after tragedies, crisis, trials, storms, messes we make. It's a new life. It's a fresh start. It's a new outlook on life. It's a new direction. You can trust him. You know, my question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that God can see you through? Do you believe that God can bring something good out of something awful in your life? Do you believe that God could restore your joy that you once had? You know, I listened to, to David's prayer. David says, I would have been without hope if I had not believed that I would see the loving kindness of the Lord in the land of the living. David says, if I hadn't had hope, I would have given up. I would have lost hope. If I didn't believe that God would help, I'd have just quit. And I want to get really, really practical today. What do you do? What do you do in those times of trouble in your life? And there are things you should do, and there are things that you should not do. And I'm going to start with the things you should not do. Don't deny the problems you've got going on in your life. Don't deny the, the grief in your life. Spill it out. You know, let God hear it. Let God know what's going on. I've always said, don't sanitize what you share with God. Just give him the good, the bad, the ugly. It doesn't really matter. Don't stuff that stuff down. You know who you hurt when you do that? You. So here's what I say, yell it, scream it, say it however you need to say it. God can handle it, but don't deny it. Don't deny it. Don't check out whatever it is that's going on in your life. I'll hear people say, well, I'm never going to be happy again. I'm just going to retreat from life. Why bother? I will never let another guy get close to me as long as I live. I will never give my heart to another woman. I will never trust another person. I'll just build walls. I'll protect myself. Big mistake. Big mistake. It is a sure way to live a life where you are existing 
surviving, you're alive, but you're not really living. Don't do that. And then don't live with resentment. Resentment doesn't work. In fact, say that with me. Resentment doesn't work. Resentment, it really doesn't. It doesn't help the situation. Resentment doesn't hurt, you know, if someone hurt you, you resenting them doesn't hurt them. Resenting God doesn't hurt God. It only hurts you. Resentment doesn't make whatever it is that you're facing or going through, it, does, it, it makes it worse, not better. Resentment will prolong the pain and the frustration. And I know some of you have been through tough stuff in your life. We, we have all been hurt at some point in our lives. You know, we've had people hurt us, people in our past, uh, situations, you know, where we're just resenting. But I want you to hear this. That person, that situation from your past, can't hurt you anymore unless you allow it. You know, by rehearsing it over and over by allowing it to take root in your life, allowing it to have power in your life. Don't do that. Let it be, let it go. Bitterness will eat you alive and it will cost you. So, so what do you do? You don't do those things, what do you do? Well, one is you have to accept the things you can't change. There are a lot of things in life you can't control. I know, that's unnerved some of you today, didn't it? hearing that. But there are just things you can't control. The fact is, the only way you overcome those things is at some point you have to accept it. You have to accept what, what it is that, that has happened or what it is that you're going through. You have to accept that, and that's one of the keys to finding peace in the midst of it. It's one of the keys to moving forward in life. You know, the serenity prayer. It's a, it's a great par- prayer for living. You know, God grant me the sincerity to accept the things I can't change. Give me the courage to change the things I can. In other words, there's stuff we need to be doing. And the wisdom to know the difference between the two. You know, some of you, you've lost loved ones. They're not coming back. As Christians, we got the hope of being together someday. But that's reality. It's what we've got to face. Some of you, spouse walked out. They've remarried. They're not coming back. But you've got to let it go, and you've got to let it be, and move on and trust that God can help you move forward, to help you find peace, help you find joy again, joy again. You know, faith isn't pretending that, that things aren't the way they are. You know, I have people that are going through storms. They go, eh, nothing going on here. I'm good. Really? That's not faith. Faith is accepting the reality of what you're going through, accepting the reality of what you've been through, and not letting it destroy you. You know, I believe that God's still with me. I believe that God's going to help me through this. And then you have to shift your focus. 
Focus on what you have, what you have left, not on what, what you've lost. I, I'll tell people sometimes when they go through some heavy storms to sit down and just list the stuff that you can be thankful for. Don't make stuff up, but just begin to look around you and look at your life. And instead of focusing on that thing that happened or what, what you're facing, to say, what can I be thankful for? I'll tell people, write them down. Write until you can't write anymore. One by one, just name them. Because here's what happens. Gratitude will destroy depression. Gratitude will begin to lift you up and, and you will begin to find strength. Some of you today are really, really down. And I would encourage you, just take some time and just thank God for what you can thank God for. And what happens in that, the clouds that get over us begin to roll back a little bit. You know, sun begins to shine a little bit. You know, Jonah, he, he was in a very dire situation. He had messed up big time. He'd been running from God, and he finds himself in the belly of a fish. And it is a dire situation. He is dying. His life is slipping away. I believe he thought it was the end. And he pins the, these words. He says, when I had lost all hope, I turn my thoughts once more to the Lord. Here's what I know. Some of you have lost hope today. Some of you, patience, it is worn thin. You're struggling. Some of you are about to give up. Some of you aren't even sure if you can face another day. Some of you are broken. Turn your thoughts to God. Turn your thoughts to God. God will we'll work, and I, I know how this goes because we want things fixed when? Now. God does that sometimes. But friends, whatever it is that you're going through, it's probably gonna take time. And you're gonna need God. You know, Jeremiah says, the Lord is kind to everyone who trusts and obeys him. It is good to wait patiently. Really? It's good to wait patiently? It is good to wait patiently for the Lord to save us. Wait patiently. It takes time, whatever it is you're going through. I don't know what you're going through. Don't know what you've been through, but God knows. And whatever it is, friends, if you will trust him, if you will focus on him, if you'll ask for the, the courage to face whatever the fears are, if you expect God to restore your joy at some point, if you do that, no matter what you're going through, God will move in mighty ways. He will see you through. It may not be the way you planned it. may not be the answer you want, but God will see you through. There is nothing that happens in this life that you cannot recover from. You know, God will give you the strength. God will give you the power. He'll give you the energy. He'll give you the love. He'll give you the, the grace to, to handle 
whatever it is. Without God, without God, there are some things you will never recover from. You got to remember, you got to remember what never changes in this world. Because we live in a world that's constantly changing all the time. In fact, it, it, sometimes it's so fast I can't even keep up with it. You know, tragedies, crisis. Life will change like that. And because it changes that fast, you need an anchor in your life. You need certainties in your life. Things that will give you stability, that will keep you steady during, during the storm. Something Jeremiah, I find it interesting when you read through the entire book, he keeps reminding himself some things, things that he could count on, that he, that he could anchor to. And you know what he remembered? He remembered, first of all, that God's in control. God's in control. God's on the throne. Even when we face a tragedy, even when the bottom falls out, God's in control. I mean, the problem in this world, we all have free will. Sin, bad choices, create a lot of pain in this world. Sometimes bad things happen. It's just a reality. But God's still in control. You got to remember that. You know, part of, part of the reason we deal, deal with fear is because things are out of our control, right? How many control freaks we got here? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you, you hate that, don't you? <sighs> Couldn't control yourself, though. You can't control most of the major things in life. Have you figured that out? You didn't control when you would be born. You didn't control where you'd be born. You didn't control who your parents were going to be. You don't control what gifts and talents you just naturally have in, in life. You can't control how or when or where you're, you're going to die. You can't control the weather. You can't control the economy. You can't control the future. In fact, you can't even control this afternoon when you get right down to it. But there's one thing you can control, and that's your attitude. That's your attitude, how you're going to respond to whatever it is that you face in life, whatever happens, whatever unfolds, how you're going to respond. So you can respond with faith and with trust and with love. And here's the truth. I can't handle everything that gets thrown at me in this life. I can't. I figured that out pretty young. I can't, but I don't have to. God can. I mean, some of you, things are out of control. But I want you to remember this. They're not out of God's control. Never have been. God's in control. Jeremiah says, we, we feel sick all over can't even see straight. Our city's in ruin, overrun by wild dogs. You will rule forever, Lord. You are the king for what? All time. All time. Not sometimes, all time. Not through certain things, all the time. God still sits on the throne. You got to remember that. And you got to remember that God will always love you. Never going to stop loving you. 
Other people may stop. Other people may abandon you, but not God. You know, Jeremiah, in the midst of, of his trouble, in the midst of his pain, the struggle, he, he held tight to that truth that God would love him. He says, but this I, I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You can spend all week just focusing on that. Whatever it is you're going through, never lose sight of the fact that God loves you. God cares about what you're going through. God's never going to stop loving you. And remember that God's all you need. You will never realize that until God's ever the only thing that you have. God's all you need for whatever it is that you're going through. Jeremiah says, deep in my heart, I say, the Lord is all I need. I can depend on him. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. There will be an answer. Let it be. The promise from God that he'll answer, that he'll be there, that he'll see you through whatever it is you're going through. Now I'm going to close a little bit different this morning. If you've got something you need God's hand, need God to see you through, to lift you up, to steady you, you know, you're going through that troubled time or maybe you've been through the troubled time and you just can't get past it. I want you just to stand where you are. I'm going to pray for you. We're not going to do anything weird. I'm just going to pray for you. But stand as testimony. Stand as a faith stance to say, you know what, God? This is yours. I'm out of control. I can't control it. But it's, it's the cry to God. To say, God, you can. And I know you'll hear my prayers. So... Just stand up where you're at. I want to pray for you this morning. God will hear your cry. God will hear your prayer. God already knew it was going on. And God can see you through, whatever it is. Whatever it is you're going through. Let's join together in prayer. Our holy God, God, you see the people that stand before you. God, you know the intricate details. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just speak into their life that you just knock the fears out of the way. God, you would uh, help them keep their focus on you as they're walking through, maybe tripping through, whatever it is. God, I know there's some that they just need to hear that you're going to carry them through. God, we know you're faithful. We know you're bigger than whatever it is we're going through. It may feel like it's out of control, but it's in your control. God, I pray that um, they just leave this place knowing that uh, you're by their side. You just take a little bit off their shoulder. 
they'd find hope. We know it's found in you, God. We give you the glory. God, we long for joy again. Heal us, Lord. Deliver us. Free us. Save us. God, we give you the glory this day and every day in the future. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. God's people said, you may be seated. We're going to celebrate in communion. Um, we celebrate by intinction uh, this morning, which means you can take one of the wafers, dip it in the chalice, and... Uh, you can break the wafer, you can leave it whole, it doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, today we celebrate knowing that uh, we have a God that loves us. That's to be the memory, the reminder of communion is that God loved us so much he sent Jesus Christ to die for us. And so the cup and the bread representing the, the body that was broken of Jesus Christ, the blood that was spilled to, to save us. And so that's what we celebrate today. So... I'm going to pray, and then the ushers will dismiss you to come down front. I know some of the parents have went to get their children, but today let's celebrate knowing that we serve a God of hope, a God that can handle whatever it is that we have in life. Lord, we pray that you would bless this time, that uh, it would just remind us how much you love us. God, all these years... I am still amazed that anyone could love me as much as you have. God, I pray that as we partake that uh, we're reminded of that, that we would walk out of here with hope, hope that only you can give, hope that only a relationship with you gives. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for that love. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.